Twilight Saga Fan Podcast, episode number 32. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Twilight Saga Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here, my friends, to start the beginning of the final installment of the Twilight Saga series, Breaking Dawn. Yeah. However, we do want to let you know up in the front here that it's not the first, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four episodes are not going to be what you're used to getting from us. We are not in studio recording our thoughts, but instead are in the car once again. It was fun. It was. We were on family vacation down in the Smoky Mountains once again and uh, had an enjoyable time down there. And of course, uh, we wanted to share our thoughts as we were reading and participating in the story of Breaking Dawn. And what you are about to hear is just our thoughts on chapter one of Breaking Dawn. And so uh, with that, we just want to say uh, we are now going to just turn you over to the in the car recordings of our thoughts on chapter one of Breaking Dawn. And we encourage you to, of course, to check in each week because we have many more of these things to share with you. And uh, with that, here is the very first one. These aren't going to get lost like the last ones are, are they? Well, you know, the last ones actually didn't get lost. I know, that's, that's <laughs> they, what I mean. They got re, they got released into the podcast episode and I forgot, or in the feed, then and I forgot that we even did them. But uh, we are in the car and we want to apologize that obviously this is going to be reviewed in a way that's not in our full glorious studio quality in the GSPN.TV world headquarters. But uh, the thing is, is we're on the road once again to our favorite little vacation spot. Lake Douglas down in uh, the Smoky Mountains right outside of uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. My parents have a wonderful lake house there and that's where we're headed. I can't wait. But anyway, on the road we decided to go ahead and pull out the Ileana Kadushin audiobooks of Breaking Dawn and that's what we're going to talk about right now. It is. We just finished listening to chapter one and you, you pulled the recorder out immediately so I'm, I'm kind of guessing that this is going to be like a chapter by chapter thing here that, that we're doing. Is that? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to kind of record chapter by chapter just giving a review because I don't want to do what we've done in the past and just have so many things to talk about and forget it all. It's crazy. So, so go ahead. No, I was just, it gets crazy when there's like five chapters to cover. Right. In fact, there was so much in this first chapter that uh, I hope that we cover it all. So basically it starts off with what? No one is staring at you. Oh, the armored proof <laughs> car. Or wait, no, the missile proof glass. Right. Four, um, the big, 4, huge. 4,000 pounds of, of body armor. 4,000 pounds of body armor. So so I totally was not getting what was going on until she was until it was revealed to her. And I thought that was quite, kind of interesting. Uh, so do you think that he was just afraid that she was just going to get in an accident? That he was just being over 
overly protective of her or do you think that maybe he's concerned about I don't know maybe something else terrible happening no I think that I think that he's just overly concerned for her um at this point I'm I'm, at this point they're in their happy place and all the threats are behind them and you know they're they're playing so it's just it's just out of concern for her threat against herself (laughs) so I mean it's it's kind of overkill obviously with this car it's edward he's always a little overkill all right so the one thing that gets me is okay all this money edward is supposedly 17 years old and he's purchased this foreign car that would normally be for dignitaries and and drug lords of other areas that would have tons and tons of money. Now, this is a family. You've got Esme, stay-at-home mom. All right. You've got all these kids. And then you have Dr. Colin. All right. Dr. Colin, is, I mean, is he loaded? Well, they also have a sister who can predict the stock market. They talked about that in a previous book. No, I get where the money comes from. That's not an issue. But my concern with the story and, you know, its credibility outside of it being a vampire and werewolf <laughs> story is, okay, Does people, do people not question Dr. Cullen and his, you know, constant great luck, luck at the stock market? I, I don't think so, no. All right. Fair enough. All right. So anyway, so big car and she understands exactly now why people are looking at her. What do we see next? Um, so she makes it, um, oh, she sees the the flyer and she calls Seth because she's checking up on Jacob to make sure he's okay. Is he coming home anytime soon? Do they know where he is? You know, all that stuff. All right. So my question about this is, okay, Billy lets Charlie go and throw all these flyers, not just around Forks, but everywhere. Why didn't Billy just, instead of saying he ran away, why didn't Billy just say, listen, he's, he's gone away for a while. He's went to visit family. He's gone to do, he's on another reservation somewhere. He'll be back at the end of the summer. I mean, anything. But I mean, why would you let your best friend believe that your son is missing? Well, I think that you're missing a key point there is that they are best friends. So Charlie's going to know that they don't have any family anywhere else that he could be visiting and he, he's gonna know there there would not be another reason for him to be on another reservation and so it's it's not that he let him do this it's that charlie is unstoppable at this point okay i just want to go back to argue okay so sure Maybe no family, but there are other reservations. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't one of those goofy dogs, uh, like, imprint on a little child from a different place? (laughs) I I don't know names or anybody, but you know what I'm talking about. I can tell because you're laughing. I just, the way you said it is kind of funny. Yeah, I guess, I guess um, she is from another reservation. Yes, she is indeed. And so... um, there's obviously some ties there. Why can't Jacob have been uh, uh, volunteering to go do something to meet a great need in that tribe? I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, it just seems to me like a lousy thing for a friend to do to, to let Charlie go around and, and, and do all of this stuff when there's really obviously nothing to worry about. 
Right. Well, I think... Okay. So maybe you have a point. What? Say what? (laughs) Well, I can't think of anything else to argue. I love it when I'm right. (laughs) I didn't say you were right. I said I couldn't think of anything else to argue. So if anyone else could think of anything to argue Cliff's point... Give it a try. I'll shoot you down. (laughs) 859-795-4067. All right. So what happened after we find out that Charlie's wasting his time because he's got a no-good-for-nothing friend that won't keep him from doing all that crap? Okay, next. Okay, so that good-for-nothing friend did keep him safe on the day of the battle. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I'm, so, ju- I'm just kidding about that, by the way. I'm just asking the question, why Why not just make up something? Okay. Um, the next thing we saw was the flashback to when Edward and, and Bella told Charlie that they were getting married. I loved the laugh. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, why is he laughing? Why is he laughing? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but, of course, that didn't turn out too well, did it? It didn't really work in his favor. And um, poor Charlie. Poor Charlie. I love when Bella says now he just kind of walks around grumbling all the time about not being able to trust anyone in the world because it didn't it didn't turn out his way. Didn't turn out his way at all. All right. So now uh, we basically have um, Charlie knows now. Uh, Renee, she's been thinking ever since she went to visit that maybe something was not being said that maybe plans were under the way, underway. So, so now she was totally cool with everything, and surprisingly so. Very much, and I, I, I love the way that that she knows Bella because even though Bella's been living with Charlie for little over a year now, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, she still she still knows her daughter, and she says, you know, it, it was the wrong decision for me, but it it's not the wrong decision for you. You make up your mind, you stick to it, you know, you follow through with your convictions, and and when you make a commitment to something, you, you're committed. And she says, you're probably you're more likely to make it than most forty year olds that I know. Absolutely. So I, I really like that. It was based on the fact that. She knows who her daughter is. Right. Okay. So we understand that now uh, Renee and Esme are making uh, wedding preparations together by phone on a regular basis. Uh, that they're getting ar- uh, getting along with one another rather well. Uh, I cannot get the bad wig of Esme out of my head, personally. Uh, from Elizabeth. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that's all I thought about while I was hearing her name. And then, of course, Bella comes home and Charlie's being fitted for a very fancy-looking suit for the wedding. And she has no clue what the big occasion is that he might be dressed up for. That's hilarious when she's like, what's the occasion? Like, uh, duh, Bella. But, um... Yeah, so, so Charlie's getting all his last fitting, and I love when Alice is like, um, you'd know if I'd break skin. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. But um, getting his, his last fitting, and, and then, you know, it's Bella's turn, and she goes to her happy place and has her dress fitted. And, of course, in her happy place, she's thinking about after the wedding, but yet before okay. the promise is fulfilled. There's nothing wrong with that. Because all girls are thinking about after the wedding at that point. Did anybody say there was something wrong with that? No, I was just pointing it out to you just in case you wanted to. No, no, not at all. I, I'm, I, was, I mean, she's 
She just doesn't, she's not looking forward to her wedding day at all. She really isn't. She, she really isn't. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, anyway, so that is our chapter one review because that's pretty much all there was in that chapter, right? Yes, but it was funny. It was a good chapter. So I'm very excited about getting into Eclipse or no, I'm sorry, Breaking Dawn. And uh, it's fun. It's actually more fun now. I'm glad that we waited until after seeing the movie Eclipse. As am I. I'm glad you waited too because now you have, you're not going to be, you know, getting the stories mixed up and, and stuff like that. So. Right. I have closure on on Eclipse by right. seeing the movie, so this is good stuff. All right, we'll be back soon with more on the Twilight Saga fan podcast. Be sure to tell other people to check out twilightsagapodcast.com and of course we encourage you to check out some of our other shows at gspn.tv. Until next time everybody, join, join the, the community. community.